0: I am uh, so very uh, proud to announce here that, you know, we're totally going to catch all you guys by surprise here. We have actually got a couple of special guests on the line. And, uh, Justin, are are you ready for this, brother? Bring it on. All right. Well, it looks like joining us on the phone line right now, we have Buff Bagwell and the Alabama Wrestling Federation owner, Dwayne Henderson. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, what's going on,
1: brother? How you doing, bud?
0: What's going on, Buff Dwayne, man? This is a this is a, as a surprise, man. It's we're glad to have you guys here on the shoot. Look, look, cut through the chase. This ain't a surprise. It's the best thing that's been on your radio station all day. Let's just break it down. Uh, Hey <laughs> it down, brother. You've got Buff Bagwell, AWF, on your radio, and you're trying to act like it's a casual day. You've got <laughs> to be kidding me. Are you kidding <laughs> me? <laughs> yeah, are you kidding Buff? me? Buff, how, how you been doing, man? Doing I mean, doing? I've been doing great, bro. I've been doing great. Uh, you know, the the independent things keep me busy, and I still think that, you know, at 37, i got to another run left Emmy. but until then uh federations are out there like awf and and there is a lot of good promotions out there man if i've worked for um the awf and and you know for, and for Dwayne for several years and uh that's hard to find in the independent world bro you know and uh something saying very busy with independence and uh you know just whether we throw in a football whether we're on the radio whether we're wrestling we're all just trying to stay afloat brother Absolutely, absolutely. Now, we actually saw you on HBO the other night. How did that come about? You know what? They contacted me out of the clear blue. I've got no idea who gave my name, number, nothing. And um, so I did the interview, and I saw it. It came on yesterday, but I saw it today for the first time, and I thought they did a really good job on it. I thought it was professional and done very well. Yeah, I mean, what um – you know it's been it's been a pretty crazy time here in professional wrestling you know with with, uh, with Chris Benoit that that whole situation and you know Congress stepping in and and WWE you know suspending all these guys What what do you make of this whole situation? Is this kind of something that you've seen coming all along, or or is this kind of hitting you like a big surprise like it is to wrestling fans everywhere? A little of both. For instance, people don't even realize this, but if you you went back in the records of WCW, World Championship Wrestling, and you subpoenaed Ted Turner to court and got all the records out, my first steroid test at WCW was in 1991. They don't want to talk about stuff like that. That's a shoot, bro. That's a 100% Marcus Bagwell's telling you, I swear, that's a total shoot. 1991 was my very first steroid test. So from 1991 on, we were a Turner product. Down to the very end, they had seven people that were randomly picked for steroids, even at the very end in 2001, at every nitro. Reason why seven... It's very expensive to have steroid testing. Uh, nobody wants to talk about that part of wrestling when it went 1991 testing and cared about their guys. They want to talk about baseball and football only been drug testing for a couple of years now. So here, wrestling has been going back for now 16 years getting tested, but NFL and, and, and baseball and, and is just now doing it. So we were cleaner than them guys years ago. But now they're starting to get the heat, and then all of a sudden Benoit, you know, snaps, snaps a gasket. Whatever happens with him, God rest all their souls, but let's call it what it is. Nothing to do with steroids, nothing to do with pills. He snaps, kills his family, kills himself, and it pours a light on all the unobvious reasons again, which is not steroids, it's not pills. You snap, do something like that, brother. It's deeper than those two products. What 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 is it what does it uh, boil down to in your opinion? Uh, my opinion is it could be as far ranged as you know uh, nobody said anything maybe about maybe even the coroner could be wrong. What if she killed the kid and then and then he came home found that and killed her? Um, I ain't marking out the fact yet that they both were murdered and the kid also all three of them I ain't marking that out yet, bro. There was a bottle of wine found beside his body. And he had a blood alcohol content of zero. You know, it's just something just still don't smell right to me, even though, obviously, it looks like he did it and he hung himself. It does look like that. I'm not an idiot. But it does make you kind of wonder why he went to the doctor that day, and had a wine bottle sitting beside him. She had a blood alcohol content, but he had 0.0 blood alcohol content. So no alcohol in his system, had the wits about him, and this is sick to a lot of people, but I kind of understand. He at least thought the brain pattern was thinking, "Hey, let me sedude my my child, sedate my child, before I take him out." So to have that kind of thoughts is is at least he was thinking, you know. So it wasn't no rage, you know, nothing like that. Um, I, I really don't know. Only God, I'm not trying to sound corny. Only God and the people in that house know what happened. And that's all it'll ever be for the rest of our lives, I think. Well, now, how long how long did you know and, and work with Chris Benoit? I've wrestled Chris Benoit probably fifty times, single matches and tags combined, and I knew him, I knew him very well for eleven years, probably. Uh, you know, the eleven year run at WCW from nineteen ninety to, to two thousand one, and uh, you know he was there, and he didn't you know he didn't switch over until Vince bought him out. So, you know, room together, drove buses together, uh, you know, on the road, touring overseas. I mean, air ride, airplanes, partying in clubs. I mean, he was just a laid back, cool, you know, vicious when he wanted to be. But I'd never seen him strike at anybody, never seen him get in a fist bite at a bar, never seen him rage at anybody, just always, you know, intense. He was intense, like in the ring and stuff. But besides that, just the nicest guy in the world, dude. So I think we're all in agreement that you know, just like you know, a lot of people have said that they never saw that type of side in him, in the sense that he would go out and do this. So basically, I mean, you you never would ever think in, in a million years that he would ever do that. Well, yeah, like I said on HBO Sports last night or night before, when it showed is if I had a million dollars in Las Vegas, I'd have lost it on that one because I just didn't yeah. see that one coming, and I don't think nobody did. Yeah. Now, now back now back to the drug testing. How many times were you tested in WCW over your career span? Mm, without exaggeration, the policy, first of all, was one time you got caught warning, second time, $5,000 fine, third time was fired. That was the policy that we all signed. Everybody that had a contract at WCW had that in their contract, everybody. So, right. you know, um, you know, got people that look at us and look at me and look at Steiner and go, "Oh God, you had to be doing something." But bro, I'm telling you, man, they they kept a close eye on us, bro. You know, it it really came down to who who watched their diet. You know, who really busted it. I'm not saying I didn't do steroids, but steroids were legal till '91. But when they buckled right. down in '91 and did that, and then Bill Watts came in, you know, I just realized I can hold my weight and not be too. You know, too crazy. So I went the lean route, and everybody did, and I was able to separate myself from the pack by watching my diet. And the guys that did watch their diet, the small handful that did, looked great on television. And the ones that didn't watch their diet, didn't look so good. So, we, so even in like the Monday Night War era, you know, when things were really starting to pick up, they were still pretty strict about the drug testing. You would say, oh, dude, to the very end. I remember Birmingham was one of our last nitros, and they had a drug test there. Uh, And I was on it, and I got in an argument with a lady that was doing the test. Diana Myers was her name. She ran that part of the company, and I said, Diana, I'm just a little bit busy here. I'm on six of the nine segments tonight. Can you just give me a few minutes here, you know? And I said, whatever my P is an hour ago, my P is going to be the same 30 minutes from now, so give me a few minutes, you know? So, long story short, that was Birmingham the last time we ran it, which would have probably been um, June was the end of it. So, too much for that, you know. So, April, May, you know, that area was my last test at WCW in 2001. And then it was gone June, you know. It was over. Right, right. So, I mean, overall, they they were really good about it. You know, it's not kind of, you know, just kind of like everybody's, you know, getting away with murder here as far as, you know, taking steroids and, and drugs and stuff like that. I mean, everybody, you know, for the most part was pretty clean, would you say? No, I really wouldn't say, uh, you know, there's, for starters, let's talk about Walmart. Do you think everybody at Walmart is drug-free? No. <laughs> Exactly. Perfect. Okay, do you think – so, in other words, my point of that analogy is nobody nowhere at the entire facility is clean. There's ways around things, of course, and, and, and people are dying. Maybe people know somebody. Maybe, you know, people get tipped when one's coming. There's a thousand things going on, like there is at Walmart, like there is at Burger King, like there is at the U.S. Post Office, all the way down to wrestling and football and baseball. So it's not just wrestling. It's just society. You know, society, you know, is is really what we're talking about here, not just wrestling. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that WWE is is taking the right approach here? You know, November 1st, they're going to go public with names of the violators and and things of that nature. Do you think they're taking the right steps now, or do you think it's more or less a smokescreen to kind of say, okay, media, you know, get off our back, Congress, get off our back, we're trying to do things, and then once you guys leave us alone, we're going to go back to business as usual. I think. I think. It's, I think uh, I, I, a little of both. A little of both there. I think that uh, they're going to lay the law down really mean to. Uh, too. Kind of like when your mom, if your mom give you a, a week's, you know, uh, you know, what's it called when you get in trouble? I never got in trouble. I got my brains beat out. What's it called when you get in trouble as a kid? You get, you get, get put on restriction. On restriction. Yeah. Restriction. Okay, kinda of like restriction. You say you got a week and then about the fifth fourth, fifth day, you know, your mom lets you off restriction, you know. Well same with that. I think no matter how hard Vince tries and is going to try to do well, eventually it goes away and, and everybody eases up. That's just that's just life, you know, it just happens to life. But I really believe they really are trying. Uh, I don't think it's a smoke and you know, smoke and mirrors kind of thing. I think they really are trying to you know, there is a problem here. There's a lot of death. Um, you know, let's let's see if we can kind of keep a little tighter eye on it. You know, right. Well, Buff, um, you know, when you were on the show two nights ago, you mentioned that you are actively taking soma to from your neck injuries. Yeah, You said you you want one last run, and you know, with everything with Congress and uh... some kind of drug policy of some sort, hopefully, hopefully coming into effect here soon. If you were offered a deal by either WWE or TNA or even NWA because you are going after to them too. What would happen with you taking those uh, painkillers? Oh, I would. I would do whatever their uh, whatever their policy is, which I don't think you guys know. Maybe you do, but I don't either. What their full policy is? If it's absolutely no prescription drugs, then so be it. I'd, I'd suck it up and go with it. Of course, for a contract. Um, uh, but you know, uh, guy, how many people can really? The reason why prescription drugs—it's always been hard to touch prescription drugs from anybody. Even the other day when I was reading the thing on Britney Spears, I'm a one of those true Hollywood. I love those kind of shows, and Britney uh, and her and her and her thing says she can't go to clubs, she can't party, but you can't take prescription drugs away from from people. That that starts going into human rights. So they've always had a hard time going to that level with that because. For example, how many people do you guys on the phone know right now that have got eight screws and two titanium plates in their neck? Nobody except me. So who really knows what kind of pain I'm going through? Who really knows what I need to get through a day? No three people I'm on the phone with don't. So how do you make that judgment call? It's kind of hard to make that judgment call for me. Nobody really knows. So that's why prescription drugs have always been kind of like we can't really cut this out because how do we really know how this guy feels? How do we know that, how that guy feels, his arms cut off and he's in pain every day? So the, I don't know their policy, but if their policy was to quit prescription drugs uh, for a contract, without a shadow of a doubt, it would be not a problem. Now, talking about the contract, we saw you last year on TNA briefly. Have you mm-hmm. been to talk to them or WB in, of some sort in uh, recent memory? Just yeah, me and Terry Taylor talked a couple weeks ago, you know, and just just I just asked him. I said, "Can can somebody?" I said, like, "Can y'all tell me again why I don't have a, a job down there again?" Can I? Can y'all explain to me why y'all are the only people that don't hire me? And we were like laughing about it, like ha ha, you know. And I said, "Okay, let me get a, Let me go through the list here. Two twenty-five. Oh wait, two twenty-five. I'm shredded. Uh, I still look good. I still can wrestle." And I'm not at TNA. Uh, Can you tell me what to tell the fans? I'm running out of things to say, Terry. (laughs) And he started laughing. I started laughing. I said, "Bro, seriously, I'm ready, man." I said, "I really am in shape. I feel great." I said, "I'm staying busy in independent world. Uh, 85% of my business is repeat business." Which tells you I'm obviously do, not showing up like everybody thinks on the internet. Screwed up or whatever is out there about me. I've worked for Dwayne several times, and it's always a great, a great crowd. Or why would he keep hiring me? There's I got, I've got probably, like I said, 85 percent of my bookings are Dwayne, you know, Henderson's people that trust me and know I'm going to show and know I'm going to be there. Show up in shape. Show up sober. Show up and wrestle a match and care about the match, care about the people, shake hands, mean it when you're talking to the fans. And that's me, bro. That is me. That is how I, that's how I roll. That's how I roll, bro. <laughs> I had to throw, I I, 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 I throw a little roll in there. You know, how about how I roll. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> now, let me ask you real quick, Buff. Um, back to TNA, do you follow their current product? And if so, what's your opinion of, of their approach? I, I ain't gonna lie. I try to follow it, but with the hour, it's really tough, man. Because you know commercials, and then you know they have one of those what I call one of those flip flop fly matches. And then after one of those flip flop fly matches, nobody knows. Then they throw a couple because they throw their stars out there. But that it's hard to put a great show on in three hours. So I mean, in one hour, you know, and with three matches and. You know, they're trying to do it, and, they, they're, they, and they've stuck it out, man. Dixie Carter and Jeff, and everybody, that's great. But two hours like will, be their, will be their breaking in, man, when they get two hours. What, what was your opinion when they signed uh, Adam Pacman Jones? I, I, you know, dude, I, I was actually a little bit intrigued. And it's going to take something like that to shock it up. I'm not sure that's the right thing to do, but it's something like that it's going to take. But it turned me off when I was watching. ESPN the next day, and in his legal papers, he can't have any kind of physical contact. So I don't understand why they hired him. I'm a little bit lost on that. I mean, if they could hire him, he could go out and wrestle a match or do some kind of run-in or beat somebody up or something, but legally, he can't have any kind of physical contact with anybody. Right. Right. So I don't how quite understand. I don't quite understand the reasoning behind that. I do like the shake it up. Let's let's hire the bad boy. Let's see what happens. I love where they're going mentally with it. But so let's go mentally somewhere where you know somebody that can help us and get in the mag, get in the ring and you know turn it up. You know. Right, right. Let, let, let's switch gears over to WWE. How about them? Do you, how do you think they're doing right now in terms of their product? Oh, man, I swear, I, I don't even know where to start with that. I really try to keep up with it, and then I I don't even know their – I guess the best way to say it is I don't even know some of their stars' names, and I don't understand that either, you know. You, there's a lot of stars out there, you know, that you can still hire. Um, but, you know, when I see a, a girl roller skates come out and two, you know, uh, like Grease characters come out that I really don't know their names, and they're the champions – and and I don't know their names. That's bad, I think, isn't it? <laughs> right. Isn't so it bad? In other, words, in other words, you think that maybe they're not taking the right approach and booking them and putting them out there if they're kind of forgettable. Is that what you're trying to say? Or? Absolutely. You put nobody against nobody, and it equals nobody. You know, uh, you know Buff Bagwell was found because you, you, they put him with stars, and then the stars made a Buff Bagwell. Buff Bagwell... You put him with other people, and you build talent like that, and that's how wrestling worked for 100 years. All of a sudden, that rule went out the window. I don't know when or why or how, but it did. And when it did, you know, stars quit being built, like your AJ Styles that are great. Um, Daniels is great. There's so many guys down there that are fantastic, but nobody knows these guys. Book them them on a card, and I guarantee you won't sell 200 tickets. And it's not their fault it's because right. exposure was not there for them. They're ten thousand times better than a Buff Bagel. They're ten thousand times better than half the company WCW was at the time. But timing and exposure is everything, and they don't—they have—they have not had it yet. But what about a guy like John Cena? What's your opinion on a guy like that? I think he's great. Um, you know, I never met him or anything, but when I watch, he's entertaining and. Um, is is he a rock? Is he a stone cold? No. Is Buff Bagwell a rock or a stone cold? No. So, you know, there's really not a whole lot of rock and stone colds out there still, you know, and Goldbergs and Stings in their heyday. And it's bad, but there's just not, you know, there's just really not that mega, man, there he is, all right, you know. And Cena's as close to that as anybody, I think, but he still isn't quite like that, I don't think. What, what about Triple H? What do you, what do you, what's your opinion of Triple H? We were talking about him earlier. I think he's probably their biggest star through through and out. I mean, uh, he, he's one of the best workers, of course, and and uh, you know people can say what they want about being married to Vince's daughter and all that. I think they can say whatever they want. Triple H is phenomenal in the ring. He's a phenomenal interviewer. Um, he's always been great in the ring. Um, he's not, I, I don't think he likes me. I, I, I've heard that through the grapevine, but. And I heard that was one of the reasons why I wasn't there anymore. But that's just rumor mill.
1: Pretty good rumor mill.
0: Keep in mind, it's not like I'm getting my information from a website. I was getting my information from top guys in the business. But um, I've always loved him and thought he was great, and thought he was, you know, your rock, your Stone Cold, your your, your 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 cornerstone, your company carrier. You know, your franchise. You know, he's a franchise dude. Seemingly is too. They're just. He's seen as just not a franchise like like a stone cold or a rock. I mean like I said, nothing against Cena. I'm talking about I'm not either. They they they, they there was a big gap. And how I like to describe it is there was an airplane taking off with a bunch of stars on it. Okay. Hogan, Flair, Sting, Luger, um stone cold rock and this big plane was taken off and a few guys were lucky enough to grab the wing and the tail as it took off and i was one of those guys that was lucky enough to grab the wing or the tail and it was some other guys that were able to do that the problem with that is we left everybody on the ground and there's nobody to continue the the stardom to make somebody else next door you know so the ones that grabbed onto the wings kinda of did independence and held on that way like I'm doing. And the ones inside the, the jet were rich already and and kind of all on you know, done with the business. So it was just a it's just a bad deal that happens, you know. Well Buff, switching gears to what you're doing, you have an event coming up with AWF, you want to tell us about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, go him, Dwayne. Yeah, um I'd like to first say, you know, a couple of things about Mark Bagwell here. The person. You know, he gets a bad rap, but I've used him on our show for about six years, and I've never had anybody show up more professional and that draws more money than almost i mean, than any of the other talent that I've used. I mean, that is rare. When you've got one name on your card, and it's Buff Bagwell, and you draw 600 people, Somebody please tell me why the man ain't on TV. I mean, I do not get that. You know, I mean, that's something I'm about to throw in there. That's just, I mean, that's, that's hard. That, that is hard to believe. And I know from a promoter standpoint, I'm not, you know, I'm saying this as a promoter, somebody that books talent, that books these guys, and it, it does shows three or four times a month, and the, it just draws money. And uh, Buff Bagwell equals money. And a professional. I mean, that, that's just point blank. There's no other way to put that. But, um, you know, we got a show this Saturday, and uh, it's, it's going to be a sold-out sold out show, another sold-out show. It's going to be at the George County Fairgrounds in Loosdale, Mississippi. Uh, he's taking on Tony the Extinguisher Sweat, which he's wrestled uh, numerous times and always been a great match. Uh, we've got Wade Garrett going to be there. we got Playboy Pat Matera, Big Steve Cheatham, uh, the Duke Commissioner Steve. There's going to be a lot of guys there, that, but it's just going to be a great show. I mean, you know, I mean, and also, just,
0: also with the independent stuff, you know, it, it gives it, it gives the the fans a chance to actually come up and actually meet me. I mean, I wrestled in front of hundred thousand people several times and never met one person. We wrestled in front of six, eight, if we're lucky, sometimes a thousand people, and I'm able to meet everybody, shake a hand, say hello, ask a question, you know, get an up close picture with me. So to me, the independence. I mean, I'm a people person. So it really does, it's kind of fun for me. I get out there and talk to everybody, and there's not one person, and Duane will tell you, I come out and sell my 8 by 10 say hello to everybody, and when the show's over, you can ask anybody across the, the Internet world, I'm the last one to leave that building every time. I right. sit there and make sure the fans, everybody got to meet me, say hello, Make sure everybody's happy before I leave because I don't want nobody to say that they, you know, I didn't give a, a full effort. And it's not because I'm doing it because somebody at the Sims Community Center is going to get mad at me. I do those kind of things, or George County Fair, wherever I'm at. I'm saying, for example, it don't matter where I'm at. I'm going to make sure the little kid that may have missed me, that was a little embarrassed at first, I'm going to give him another chance to come meet me because, brother, I care, and that's hard to find in this business. I agree, yeah, absolutely. I, I met uh, you, uh, Buff, actually about uh, ten years ago or so. Uh, I'm based out of the uh, Northern Virginia area, and you and uh, some of the Nitro girls were coming to Springfield Mall in Springfield, Virginia, and uh, I actually met you and uh, and got to shake your hand and say what's up and everything, and that was pretty cool. I'll bet you a million dollars I was nice to you. You sure were. <laughs> see? But I'm yeah. just telling you, I, I, I never worried about that when somebody said they saw me in the past or something because I know I always took time out, just look at you eye to eye, shake your hand, there was a smile on my face, and I cared.
1: Yeah. That's a real, that's there, right. I mean, that's exactly a, right.
0: There was a lot of people in that mall. I remember that. So you guys were there for quite a while. So. We're well, cool. We're well, cool, man. Well, brother, y'all come see me, man, down no, in Louisville. Y'all come on. <laughs> we'll try to see if we can't get down there. And uh, in, in closing real quick, uh, go ahead and give us, like, the website. You know, make sure these people know how, how, how to get a hold of the Alabama, how to get a uh, hold of Buff, and, and give D- us kind D- of D- all D- the information.
1: Dwight, what's your website? I, I sure will. It's dot uh, com. And you can go to our MySpace, which is MySpace.com slash AWF Mobile.
0: I've been trying to really keep up, it. and for starters, it's impossible to keep up with the MySpace thing. I really tried, and it's just impossible. I've really been trying, but I'm getting ready to do a whole other uh, at the start of the year, a whole new website. I do try to stay in touch with people and send my tens out when they ask and things like that. But I do try to keep my calendar up. But uh, but my my website is therealbuff.com, therealbuff.com. So. Um, if you guys have my website, my email address is buff two thousand one at um, at a excuse me what is it at bellsouth dot two thousand one at bellsouth dot net maybe two or three days maybe a week but I'll, I'll answer your emails you know just make it a yeah. you know instead of saying hey what's up I ain't gonna answer that one you know <laughs> but if you want to know something or ask a, a logical question dude I'll throw a logical answer back at you guys
1: yeah hey, about hey, Bob, just letting all, all the promoters know out there you know. That if you want a real professional, you want somebody going to draw you money, and you you don't want to look out in that crowd and see twenty five people they need to be booking Buff Bagwell.
0: Well, I appreciate that, Dwayne. I appreciate that so much, and I I'd like to and say I'm saying I was, that
1: as a friend. I'm saying that like as a say I, I,
0: I, I'd like to say I was smart enough to say, to pay him off to say that, but I wasn't even smart enough to do that. So that really is true. Thank you, Dwayne. I appreciate that. You're welcome, brother. Uh, Hey, Dwayne, I love you. Brother, I'll see you down there uh, this weekend, 11 o'clock. I'll see you. And then, um, uh, guys, thanks so much for having me on the show. I really enjoyed the talk, man. Yeah, I
1: really did.